You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. It's been a week. It's good to be here again talking with you about how to protect yourself and your family and everyone else that you love. It's been a long week for me, but a good week. All my weeks are long and hard and enjoyable. I should probably explain that. I do a lot of stuff. My days are just jam-packed full of work, 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 work. But you know what? What's that saying? If you enjoy your job, you'll, you'll never work a day in your life. That's mostly true. I do a lot of things, but I'm fortunately blessed to be able to do things that I really enjoy. I teach writing at a local university, which is fantastic. I've got two radio shows. I've got the Home Defense Show, and then I also have Frontlines of Freedom, which is, uh, I'm the co-host for that one. That's the number one military talk show in the country. We're on 123 stations nationwide now. You can go to frontlinesoffreedom.com to check that one out. What else did it? Well, I own Midwest Tactical Training. That's fantastic. I teach people how to defend the people they love for a living. That is fantastic. Then, of course, I write. I've written and published 11 books. I own White Feather Press. I, I have 40 authors all across the country that I publish, over 100 titles so far. What else? I'm a volunteer on the Barry County Sheriff's Office as a special deputy. I teach church security, and then I also teach people how to set up neighborhood watches, which is fun and worthwhile as well. And I have nine grandkids, seven kids, and a wife. So, yes, I'm busy and I'm tired, but I'm happy, very, very happy. We just had a great class here this past weekend. Um, you know, I teach up here in Michigan, and February in Michigan, December, January, February, those are the cold months, the hard months, the long months, and I tell you, God must love me, because this year, uh, the months have been fantastic. I, just this past weekend, uh, this past Saturday, we had a class. We had 37 students out on the range for three hours. And normally, in middle of February, we're talking about, you know, 10 degrees, 5 degrees, you know, minus 20 wind chill. You just never know. But it was 41 degrees out there this past Saturday, and oh gosh, I just loved it. My students loved it too. But I just feel blessed because of that. Um, I love that. And I'm looking forward to more warm, warm weather. Remember, Groundhog's Day is behind us, and Groundhog's Day is the beginning of the end of winter. There's about 30 days left till the official start of spring. So start thinking about your garden. What are you going to plant? Plant things that you need, things that you can can or dehydrate, uh, whatever preservation method you choose. Make sure it's good for you and your family. And use heirloom seeds, not these hybrids that don't reproduce very well. Granted, they are more disease-resistant, but make sure you have a supply of 
heirloom non-hybrid seeds just in case the crap does hit the fan and you need a good, reliable seed source for the rest of your life. All right. Okay, let's go ahead and let's move right into the news. What is happening on the news? Uh, let's go. Let's, we'll start out at BearingArms.com just because that seems to do well for us. What is this headline? Boom, headshot. Texas hostage taker smoked in Irving. Well, apparently smoking is bad for your health. A man attempting to rob a check cashing store in Irving, Texas, had his robbery thwarted when an employee triggered the alarm. Police quickly responded to the robbery in progress, and the handgun armed robber decided to take a hostage. Well, you know, I'm I'm no lawyer, but I'm pretty sure that's against the law. This turned out to be the worst decision of his day and the last decision of his life. Okay, so we know the ending to this story already. Uh, let's get down to the nitty-gritty details here. Oh, they have a video of it. Can't show you that. Officers responded around 1 p.m. to an armed robbery in progress at the cash store uh, on Esther's Road. An employee inside the store had triggered the alarm, said Irving Police Spokesman James McClellan. When police arrived, the robbery suspect took a female employee hostage and walked outside with her. He told the officers that he would hurt the employee if they approached him. Okay, I guess that gives me a green light. I know what I'm going to do. The suspect, who has not been identified, threatened to put the woman inside a vehicle. Police did not say whose vehicle it was. Who cares? The officer then shot the man who was armed with a handgun. All right, two officers on routine administrative leave. Okay. Um, I watched the video. And the officer took him down with a patrol rifle. Typically, you know, that's usually an AR-15. And, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, some people, they say, oh, we're militarizing our police force. Look, they have assault rifles. Well, in this particular instant, I mean, thank God the officer had an assault rifle. I, You know, I watched the video, and one was armed with a handgun. Uh, it looks like he was about 20 feet away. Um, and then the other officer had the AR-15, and he was braced up against his vehicle for support. And I'm sure he had either a scope or uh, maybe an EOTech, um, some high-precision um, optics. And I got to tell you, you know, if I am, if I'm taken hostage or my wife is taken hostage, I don't want the cop to take that shot with a Glock. Okay, nothing against Glock. You know, Glocks are great. I love them. You know, all that stuff. But, but man, that patrol rifle is so much more uh, precise. Uh, I mean, at, at a, you know, a 20-yard shot, that's like, you know, a chip shot to the green. That's a give-me putt uh, on the golf course. So, obviously, I'm making it sound easier than it really is, but because there's stress involved and the human life on the line. But the guy took the shot, and he did a great job. He, he put the guy down, one one shot to the head. Um, you know, the hostage ran away screaming, but hey, she was alive. No one got hurt except the bad guy. 
and he pretty much was uh, dead on impact. So, hey, these two officers, heroes. The guy that took the shot, God bless you. You did your job. You did what you're supposed to do. The guy, I mean, some people feel sorry for the bad guy. I don't. He shouldn't have been doing that. Okay, what else do we have? Let's check it out. Uh, here, here's a good one. Woman killed attempting home invasion in Knoxville. I assume that's Tennessee. A Knoxville woman was found dead outside a home Friday after the male homeowner opened fire as she attempted to force her way into the home. Well, that wasn't very chivalrous of him, was it? He should have been opening the door for her, not shooting her. Well, we'll see. Police have identified a woman shot dead early Friday morning at a home in northwest Knoxville. Officers responding to the shooting call about 5.30 a.m. found Stacy Mundy, 38, of Knoxville, lying on the ground near the back door of the home. She'd been shot at least once and was taken by ambulance to University of Tennessee Medical Center, where she was pronounced dead on arrival. Okay. Right, you know, this is a good time to comment here. If you ever have to shoot someone, they're outside your home trying to break in. There's that old wives' tale that you're supposed to drag them back into the house. If, they, if you shoot them, they fall outside, drag them inside. Um, that way it'll strengthen your legal case. The, the reality is it will not strengthen your, your legal case. It will probably put you in prison simply because you, you tampered with a crime scene. That is against the law. And there are jury instructions to the effect that say if a witness is found to be lying in one point, they are to be distrusted in all others. So, hey, you shoot them, they go up, fall outside, they fall outside. Just let the chips fall, <laughs> let the bodies fall where they may, and uh, call the police. Let them do their investigation. All right. You see how much we can learn from other people's mistakes? All right. Police said the preliminary investigation found Monday was forcing her way into the home when the male homeowner shot her in defense of his life. At least one other resident of the home knew Monday at the time of the shooting, police said. That's not that unusual. Um, someone who breaks into your home, steals your car, kidnaps your son, tries to kill you. It's not unusual for it to be someone who knows you. Maybe not best friends, obviously, but an acquaintance of the family. All right, the homeowner and several other people at the home were taken to the safety building and interviewed by investigators. After reviewing the facts of the investigation with the DA, Police, uh, police declared the shooting a justifiable homicide and declined to file charges, releasing all the individuals. Monday had a record of three drug-related arrests in 2016. Wow, that's a lot of drugs. The shooting has, has already been declared a justifiable homicide. Okay. You know, folks, drugs, drugs will just screw you up. Drugs will take a once good person and make them a really, really bad person who provides nothing for society 
their family, and the ones that they love. It will turn you into a once good person, into a bad person who hurts people. Stay away from the drugs. You know, this whole thing around the country about legalizing marijuana and legalizing other drugs because they're, quote, a victimless crime, right? No one's hurt. If someone decides they want to take a drug, you should just let them, right? Well, it does hurt other people. It's obvious. Um, this lady was breaking in probably to get money or merchandise to sell to buy more drugs. You need money to buy drugs, and you can't hold down a job because you're on drugs. Or maybe you can't even get a job because you are on drugs. Drugs will not help you. They will hurt you, all the people that you love, and a lot of innocent people, too. Don't do drugs. Any questions? Okay, friends, that's about all we have time for right now. But the news is fun. This week, we're talking about less than lethal force. Not guns. We're talking about things like pepper spray, pepper gel, beanbag, bullets, tasers, things that might stop the threat without killing the bad guy. And next up, we are going to be speaking with Bart Baccalini, who is a master instructor with JPX Jet Protectors. What is that? Well, you'll find out here in a second. I met this guy at SHOT Show, and it was pretty darn cool. So stay tuned. You're going to hear all about JPX Jet Protectors when we come back. My name is Siege Coriel. Welcome to the Home Defense Show with my dad, Skip Coriel. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, this is Skip Coriel with the Home Defense Show. We are back on Segment 2, and like I promised, we are going to be speaking about less-than-lethal technologies. 
And we have with us now an expert on the subject. His name is, he's a master instructor. We have with us Bart Baccalini from U.S. Defense Technologies. Welcome to the Home Defense Show, Bart. Oh, Skip, I appreciate being here. Thank you. All right. Now, I first learned about um, this technology and, and your company when I was at the SHOT Show last month in Las Vegas. Um, boy, I, I watched a demonstration of your, your product, and it's just fantastic. But before we, we get into that, um, Bart, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, uh, where you're from, your background, how you got into this type of uh, industry. Well, I'm a California boy. I was born in San Francisco, uh, raised in Palo Alto right around Stanford University. Um, went to St. Mary's College and then did some upper degree work at Stanford. I was 33 years with the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office, and uh, I went out on a hard rank of sergeant there after 33 years. Uh, you know, became very interested, obviously, uh, from the work we did both inside the correctional jail system and exteriorly in enforcement as far as patrol and SWAT and the rest of those things uh, in dust lethal technology. Uh, this happens to be one of the ones that got me interested in the Exxon JPX jet protector. Uh, based on that, you know, I have a background with the uh, department after I retired from the sheriff's office with the Department of Homeland Security as a independent contractor. I still train uh, law enforcement, uh, corrections, and military, and I've been doing that for about the last 12 years since I've retired. So in a nutshell, wow. that's me. Well, that's, uh, that's quite a nutshell. Uh, okay, so your qualifications are fantastic. You can certainly educate uh, myself and my, my listeners about this technology. Can you, uh, you know, for people who don't know, I mean, obviously some people have a basic knowledge of, okay, pepper spray, uh, because, you know, you hear about it, but they may have never used it before or seen it used or anything like that. Can you give us a breakdown on the different types of less than lethal technologies that are out there? Yes, I can, uh, especially within the law enforcement arena, but, again, this expands out into, obviously, other disciplines. Uh, pepper spray was originally developed by the U.S. Park Service for use on bears. In other words, they wanted to have a less lethal option that uh, when park rangers and other personnel were dealing with, you know, wildlife, specifically bears that could hurt them, uh, that they were in a position they could use a device or instrument that would you know, at least push them away without necessarily euthanizing them. Up to that point, any time they'd been attacked by a bear or moose or other, you know, types of wildlife, uh, they were pretty limited in what they could do. Uh, usually that resulted in using lethal technology so that you euthanize the animal for the safety of the uh, human that was involved in whatever they were doing at the time for a task. Now, there are a number of other, obviously, less lethal technologies. The ones that are normally used within, and I'll now go specifically to the law enforcement corrections arena. About the time I was deputized back in 1970, uh, our chemical use was usually mace, which was a chemical composition that, although it had a herb in it, 
Uh, it was still basically made up of other chemicals uh, that went ahead and basically caused tears and uh, respiratory issues, hence the term came about as tear gas. And there were two different types of that, CN and CS. The problem with it was, is number one, uh, it wasn't dependable all the time, as in the fact that some people are not as disabled by it. And number two, obviously, it contaminated the whole environment, which puts you in a position that the individuals who were deploying it usually ended up also having some of the repercussions of what the technology was. Now, obviously, we had other technology. I carried a 28-inch baton, which I also instructed in within my department for about a decade and a half. When you had a subject that you did not want to use lethal force on or couldn't use lethal force on, depending on what the circumstances were, uh, you went to a striking weapon, which was the baton. Now, the positive side of that is is that uh, you were able to defend yourself usually. The negative downside was is that it usually did quite a bit of damage. So if you went ahead and struck, for instance, a knee joint or an elbow or a wrist, uh, more than likely you were going to break it if you went ahead and deployed it with full force. So there were a number of drawbacks to using that type of technology also. Now, during my tenure as a law enforcement officer, they also came out with electronic immobilization devices. Originally, that was done by Stuntech and a number of other companies, and Jack Cover invented the original Taser, and I used that back in our jail system in the mid-'70s. plus side of that is is when it works, uh, you get two points of contact in, and it basically immobilizes the individual that it's used on. Uh, and that works about 70, 75% of the time. The downside to it is is the fact that with the use of uh, that type of technology, if you have MSMD or any of the other 26 neurological diseases, uh, it doesn't work on you as well if it works on you at all. Therefore, it doesn't always disable people as far as immobilizing them. Later on, uh, a different company came along, and that became Taser International, and they developed what is currently in use by most law enforcement agencies as far as that technology. Uh, the upside to it is, is that it does lock the person up it's used on if they're susceptible to that technology. The downside is, is that it totally locks them up if it does work, in which case if they happen to be standing up the time, for example, when they fall, they can go ahead and crack their head or break a shoulder or, you know, succumb to some other injury as a result of that. That is a device that, when used and used properly, has very positive uh, perspectives, but on the flip side, uh, it doesn't always work, and uh, it can cause secondary injuries as a result. Now, as Taser International went ahead and developed a stronger and stronger waveform in order to try to mobilize more people, uh, they came up with a downside. And unfortunately, even though it is considered a less lethal device, there have been a lot of deaths related through either capturing the heart or having other downside type of activities that go with that type of technology. And unfortunately, uh, there's been a lot of associated lethal incidents when you know, the officers are trying to keep it less lethal. So 
Obviously, there's been some problems with that to the point that Caesar International used to state that it was safe to go ahead and shoot to the chest area with somebody coming at you, and now their training specifically states whenever possible do not shoot to the chest because of the potential for other injuries, and we'll just leave it at that. Now, with the advent of that, um, pepper spray came out. Pepper spray, again, was developed, uh, you know, by the U.S. Park Service, and after they adjusted it so that it got down to about 10% active agent in it, uh, it was used in a position that it will stop a bear, it will stop moose, it will stop, you know, other animals, uh, specifically in the civilian arena. Uh, it's used by a lot of animal control agencies now to go ahead for pit bulls, attacking dogs and other types of issues with coyotes, mountain lions, so you don't have to euthanize them, etc. That was a very good way to get away from the mace tear gas issue because in the case of uh, pepper spray, it's basically all natural ingredients. It comes from capsicum, which is uh, basically cayenne pepper mixed with a little water and a little bit of uh, methyl alcohol. In perspective to the JPX, which is the system that we deploy, one of the advantages to it is, is that there were a number of weapons that used pepper spray, and obviously the one that's most known is the use of a spray canister where you basically have an aerosol canister that has the pepper in it along with this other ingredient, and then along with the use of shaking it up and having a propellant with nitrogen and usually some other types of gas, it goes ahead and sprays the stream out that you can go ahead and use to disable a person or an animal. Now, the downside to that is, is that that still contaminates the environment. Quite often, the deploying officer gets quite a bit on them also, and eventually, in the case of an arrest, you've still got to go hands-on to put on the handcuffs, and you're getting contaminated again. So the downside with the pepper spray, especially if you're not in a custodial situation, is the fact that eventually you still have to handle the subject. In the case of the devices that we're using, which is the uh, PX on uh, JPX, both Jet Defender and Jet Protector, one's a two-shot and one's a four-shot, is the fact that the way the OC is deployed, and again, it's the same basic compound, the pepper spray, but it's loaded in a small sack inside a tube environment, and that through the use of a launching device, it goes ahead and detonates primer, it pushes a piston, the piston builds up pressure, and inside that tube in front of the piston, there is a small sack that contains the pepper spray, and then when it reaches a big enough pressure, it pushes that sack up against a rupturing device, which is a, basically a small spike or blade, goes ahead and squirts the uh, mixture out the end of a nozzle, and from 5 feet to 23 feet, it's extremely effective, as in being deployed, and you aim it, and the chin nose area of the face is the place to go ahead and deploy it. So from 5 feet to 23 feet, that works very, very well. At launch, up to about 13 feet, it spreads to a diameter of about 12 inches. At 23 feet, it spreads out to about 24 inches. So it makes it a very dynamic weapon that can be used in a number of circumstances to go ahead and disable somebody. Now, because of the intensity of the Indian 
cayenne to inside PXON's pepper. It's about two and a half times hotter than Saber Red, which is what is about the hottest spray used here in the United States. So two and a half times that, it pumps the Scoville heat rating on that up to about 4 million to 5 million Scoville, which is extremely hot. It immediately causes the eyes, if deployed properly, to close. Uh, you start to discharge a lot of mucus through the nose and mouth, and you're in a position that it's very disabling in the respect that you can't see, and it's very hard to go ahead and fight back when you're unable to see. But on the flip side, unlike with a electronic immobilization device like a taser, the person that's had this deployment on them, they can follow instructions. You can tell them to get down on their knees, get down on the ground, put their hands behind their back. They can follow all those commands, but, again, they can't see, so they have to go along with those commands, but they're not getting hurt by falling and striking something that way. In other words, it has a real upside, very little cross-contamination, and then the downsides you have with the other immobilization technology. Mark, that's great that you've uh, taken me to school here. Break for right now. We'll go to our sponsors, and then when we come back, uh, we'll be talking to Bart Bacalini some more from U.S. Uh, Defense Technologies. This is Skip Coyle with the Home Defense Show. We will be right back. This is Phoenix Coyle. We'll be right back, so don't go nowhere. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Understanding health insurance is becoming more challenging. If you currently have insurance, you've probably noticed that it costs more to see your doctor. And if you're able to keep your doctor, it takes longer to get an appointment. The bad news is this trend is projected to continue. Your costs will likely continue to rise, while your health care choice and access will continue to fall. 
The good news is, Peachtree ENT Center has the answer to this problem. We believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. We are committed to working with you, and we specialize in providing affordable care for patients without insurance, those who are underinsured, and those with high deductibles or catastrophic coverage, and we offer same-day appointments. You no longer have to choose between staying healthy and paying bills because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, folks, this is Skip Coriel back with you on the Home Defense Show. We are speaking with Art Paccolini, a master instructor uh, on less than lethal technology. Bart, while you, I was fascinated by listening to you in the first segment, uh, I just found it fascinating everything that you know about this particular technology. I mean, I know a little bit about it simply because, you know, I'm a concealed carry instructor. Uh, it's interesting to me because one of the things that I run into with concealed carry people is they're kind of doing it as a last resort. Most of them are nonviolent people per se. They really don't want to kill anyone or shoot anyone with a gun. Some of them may not even want to carry a gun, but they feel like they're driven to it because of societal problems, uh, you know, things that happen to them just to feel safer. And this is one option that's available to them without actually having to draw a firearm and and potentially kill someone. Does anyone ever die from pepper spray or from your particular product? No, sir. To our knowledge, no one has ever succumbed to, you know, the PX on JPX or, for that matter, uh, early on with uh, pepper spray, and this was back, again, when it was initially rolled out in the law enforcement arena, and that's been over 40 years, uh, there were two associated deaths by the coroners uh, that were a result of extreme asthmatics that had the pepper spray used on them. Now, after that, a lot of the coroners got together and really took a hard look at it, and more than likely, even though those two associated deaths were linked to pepper spray because pepper spray was used during the incident, uh, later on they decided that more than likely uh, that had not been a contributing factor to those deaths. But again, you know, it's one of those resulting things that, you know, you got to take a look at the cause and then the effect. But to my knowledge, since those two initial incidents, and both of those were with pepper spray that were sprayed out of the canister, uh, there have been no associated deaths as a result of the use of pepper spray. That's good. You know, I uh, recall back in 1975-76 when I was in Marine Corps boot camp, they took us into a Quonset hut, and it was filled with uh, tear gas. They called it tear gas. Um, right. And I remember the effects of that. Everything was fine until we took off our masks. And then they wanted us to sing the Marine Corps hymn, which was just preposterous because we couldn't do it. And, you know, our eyes are watering like crazy. And I could not believe how much mucus was coming out of my mouth and my nose. I mean, I was almost incapacitated, and they want you to fight through that. So because in a battlefield condition, you want to keep fighting through that. But I can see that whatever it is they used on us was, was really tough to fight through. Uh, now, what exactly 
did I experience? What, what kind of gas was that? Most of that was CN or CS tear gas. Uh, that's a chemical composition uh, that's used to go ahead and create the tearing effect. Obviously, the respiratory distress that you're, you know, speaking of, uh, we went through the same thing in law enforcement. Uh, the interesting thing is, is that, you know, causes all those respiratory effects, you know, the tearing, et cetera, but it doesn't necessarily close the eyes. Obviously, what changed with OC is when, you know, pepper spray came on the scene. Uh, that will actually, when administered properly, will actually close the eye. I see uh, when I go to the store, you know, I'll go to the gun store and I'll be looking at products, and I'll see pepper spray and pepper gel. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, pepper spray is basically atomized. So uh, what happens is through the propulsion system, which is usually nitrogen or some other gas, what it does is it carries it, atomizes it, and it's made into very small droplets of liquid, which are then dispensed in a stream, and it goes from there. But, again, uh, when that's deployed through the atmosphere, it goes ahead and contaminates that entire area. Now, obviously, outside there's less contamination, but inside a vehicle or a room, like inside you know a house or a uh, other environment, what that does is, is it really does contaminate the atmosphere. Well, we all got to breathe, so you have now contaminated environment for a period of time, and therefore the person that's deploying it is also now succumbing to it. That's the downside of that. Now, in the case of gel, it's encapsulated inside that gel, you know, environment, the active agent, which is, again, is OC, and it goes into that environment, the cayenne pepper, and because it's carried in a gel, and for a lot of people that don't understand that process, a Vaseline-type substance, petroleum jelly-type substance, it goes in and carries it. So when it's dispensed, when it hits, it sticks, and it doesn't contaminate near the amount of area that the aerosol does. Okay, so it's less affected by the wind. Um, Correct. Probably with, would there be less, what do they call that, blowback? I mean, it, it, if you spray someone with pepper spray, it hits their face and then comes back, carried into the wind, uh, contaminating the environment. But that's what you're talking about, right? Correct. So with gel, there is less contamination in the environment. Now, I think I've seen products that have like a dye, a pepper gel with dye inside as well. What, what's up with that? Okay, well, like in the case of the JPX, you know, devices that we represent, uh, there's actually food dye put into the active agent that happens to be red food dye. In the case of the practice magazines or the inert ones, they have a blue food coloring dye put into it. Now, what that effectively makes that device then is a uh, identification or marking device also. And therefore, along with that red agent, it goes ahead and marks it that way. The difference is, is that you can also use the inert devices in certain crowd control situations, for example, where you want to go back and identify people later. And although it's water soluble, you really got to scrub to get it off. So the marking device, uh, the dye, someone could uh, be shot with this in the face. Say they're trying to mug someone. They get shot in the face. 
Is that something that might send them to the emergency room? Well, in the case of the ones like ours with the agent, it could send them to the emergency room in the respect that they don't know what's happening, and it really, really does burn. It has a very hot shoe or Scoville heat unit, you know, intensity to it. Uh, in the case of our devices, because it has such a high intensity with the Indian pepper, most of those people are going to try to seek are going to try to seek emergency treatment, and it's going to be very obvious to the emergency room when they come in that you know they've been sprayed with some type of pepper spray. Okay, well now talk a little bit now about uh, your specific products and what I know they're good for law enforcement and military, but can they be also be used for, like, in home defense or just, you know, Johnny Citizen who wants to defend against a mugging or, or something of that type? Absolutely. In fact, we one of the real beauties of the PXON system is the fact that even though it uses a munition primer to launch the liquid with the use of the piston, as far as the DATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, uh, they have designated the TXON device as a non-firearm, and they've also stated that the cartridges, which are used to dispense the agent, are not ammunition. As a result, these are concealable and being perfectly legal, uh, at least in 47 states. There's a couple states like, you know, New Jersey, New York, and Hawaii, who have some other stipulations under state law on when you can use pepper spray. But as far as the other states are concerned, uh, this is a non-firearm, therefore concealable, and it can be bought by the general public. Hmm. Yeah, now I, I think in New Jersey, Hawaii, and New York, no one's allowed to defend themselves anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, are there any downsides that you can think of for personal defense, say a, a husband or a wife who wants to carry it for, for family de defense? Uh, actually, you know, with our devices, and there is a, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, a little brother to these two devices, also manufactured by PXON, that is uh, distributed by Kimber under their brand name, which is called the Guardian Angel. Now, okay. the difference is, is with the Defender and the Jet Protector, the two-shot and the four-shot that we have, the exit velocity of the liquid when it comes out the nozzle, it's actually coming out at extremely high velocity, you know, approaching about 500 miles per hour as measured. However, wow. in the case of that little one, the Guardian Angel, it's only coming out at about 70 miles an hour. Now, obviously... For civilian use, if you're being attacked by an animal or attacked by a person, uh, things change a little bit. But within the law enforcement, military corrections, you know, arena, uh, the minimum distance for our devices is five feet. It's safe to use five feet and beyond <clears throat> because the main target area is the face, and right. something like the eyes can be injured with that high velocity is coming out the nozzle. Again, that changes when you get into the civilian areas. I mean, you still shouldn't shoot any closer than the five feet with our devices. Uh, people obviously 
may not be able to measure that when you're, you know, under duress, when you're being attacked either by an animal or a person, a lot of that changes for civilians. So, you know, I'm stipulating it that way. But within the public sector arena, obviously, five feet's the minimum distance, and that's to the face. Now, for officers, obviously, because somebody might be charging them, uh, the primary target area drops from being the face if they're inside the five feet to the high chest, and you go ahead and shoot the first round there, push off, get a five-foot safe distance, shoot them in the face with the second round at over five feet. Oh, that is awesome. But unfortunately, we are we're out of time here. I, I could go on for another 14 minutes, but we don't have another 14 minutes. Um, real quickly, Bart, will you tell uh, our listeners where they can go to learn more about this technology and where, where we can go to buy your products? If they go online to U.S. Defense Technologies and or My Stun Gun, that's on the web, just My Stun Gun, because originally that's where gentlemen that's importing it started things, uh, either one of those will go ahead and give you a complete rundown on the system. So U.S. Defense Technologies, and if you just put in, you know, JPX uh, pepper guns, it'll come up with both of those websites. Now, okay. the, in the case of the two-shot, uh, it retails at about $329. In the case of the four-shots, there's two different versions of it. One has a laser built in and it's full-size. Or basically called the law enforcement model. That's about $499. The four-shot uh, compact is about $449. So that's okay. where civilians can go to get them. All right, fantastic. Mark, you've been great. We appreciate all the knowledge that you have and your expertise that you brought to the Home Defense Show. Folks, we are going to take a break right now, but, Mark, thank you very much for being on the show. You're welcome, Skip, and I appreciate the time. This is your host, Skip Coriel, on the Home Defense Show. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome to my dad's Home Defense Radio Show. You're going to love it. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, folks. This is your host of the Home Defense Show, Skip Coriel. We've just had a very interesting last two segments with Bart Baccalini, a master instructor in non-lethal force. We talked about his products. Uh, we talked primarily about tear gas, mace, and the JPX Defender non-lethal weapons that his company sells, U.S. Defense Technologies in Arizona. I want to do two things in this segment. One, I want to go over other forms of non-lethal weapons that weren't discussed. And also, I would like to juxtapose non-lethal defense to lethal defense as far as application and effectiveness. Let's start with types of non-lethal weapons. All right. Water. Water cannons. Now, obviously a water cannon, that's something that you see in crowd and riot control. They just use that to disperse the crowd. I don't really think there's a, a huge application probability of that for personal defense, even home defense. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, put a, a fire hydrant in your front yard and then uh, hook it up with nozzles inside your home? I don't think your insurance company would cover the water damage. Well, so it has limited application. Obviously, uh, a squirt gun isn't going to do it, and a fire hose is going to cause so much damage to your house that it's not worth the effort. Now, here's something interesting. A scent-based weapon, that's something that the Israeli Defense Forces have been using over there, uh, again, f mostly for crowd control, but they've been using uh, something called skunk, and it's, uh, it's a form of mist that's sprayed from a water cannon, and it leaves a terrible odor. It smells like rot and sewage, and whatever it touches leaves this terrible odor, and it doesn't wash off very easily. Now, can you fight through something like that? Well, of course. Uh, is there a price to pay? Uh, yeah. Again, uh, you know, it works great for real skunks for self-defense, but for personal defense, home defense, I mean, you don't want that stuff in your house. You don't want it on your hands. Uh, trust me, folks. When I'm in the fall, when I'm uh, deer hunting, I have this scent that I use called estrus deer urine. And that estrus dough urine, you get that on your hands, your wife doesn't want to come anywhere near you. It's not an aphrodisiac to her. I would think that malodorants, the scent-based weapons, would have the same effect. Bad for the bad guy, but bad for you too. And you spray it in your house, it just, just move out for another week. Pepper spray, uh, the active ingredient is olaricin capsicum, OC, derived from cayenne pepper plants. Now, that has an application for personal and home defense, and uh, Bart went over that quite extensively, so I won't go over that anymore. Another one, uh, tear gas. Uh, it's uh, CS or, or OC pepper spray. That's what, uh, if you were in the military, that's what you got a nice big fat dose of when you were in that Quonset hunt. That's nasty stuff, and it can be effective for personal and home defense. Mace. Mace is different than uh, straight tear gas and pepper spray. It's a combination of tear gas, pepper spray, and 
see if I can pronounce this right, phenacyl chloride. I don't know what that is. But obviously, mace has been used for a long time for law enforcement, but also in personal home defense. Psychochemical weapons. Those are psychoactive drugs, such as BZ, LSD, <laughs> methylamphetamine, designed to have a disorienting effect when used during combat or interrogation. Uh, that's probably good for the CIA, um, but we should probably leave it in their capable hands because it's not something that we want to use in home and personal defense. Oh, here's another one. Sleep gas. That was used in 2002 during the Moscow Theater hostage crisis. Obviously, that's effective, but you see it on television in Hollywood movies, but it's not something that we can really use in home and personal defense. There's other chemical agents like blister agents, uh, mustard gas. Obviously, we don't want to use that in home and personal defense. I would think there'd be a lawsuit involved in that, so you want to stay away from that. Electroshock weapons, okay, uh, Bart talked about that. We're talking about tasers there. Those have their upsides and downsides, but I think Bart pretty much covered those, so we don't need to go over those again. Oh, here's something nice. A directed energy weapon, like a pulsed energy projectile. <laughs> it's a non-lethal directed energy weaponry, currently under development by the U.S. military. It involves the emission of an invisible laser pulse, which, upon contact with the target, ablates the surface and creates a small amount of exploding plasma. Wow, that's like sci-fi come to real life. Um, that's a military application, and that is not even available to us. I don't think the technology is there yet. Active denial system. This is a weapon system. It's a dish that projects electromagnetic radiation just powerful enough to penetrate human skin and make the nervous system think the victim is on fire although no physical damage is done. Wow. Well, I, or they uh, refer to it as a heat ray. That was uh, designed in 2011. Uh, again, not a civilian application for that. Uh, that's still military research and development phase, so we'll skip right over that. Here's something called a Dazzler. That's another direction, directed energy weapon intended to temporarily blind... Uh, your adversary. Again, IR&D, not something uh, that you want to use in your house. And there's a bunch of other things here. Long-range acoustic device uh, called an LRAD. Uh, that's used in law enforcement and military. Nothing that we can have in our house. Other things that have been around for, boy, decades, maybe even centuries, are things like, um, you know, a baton. Not, not the majorette baton, but one made out of hickory or wood. It's about an inch, inch and a half thick, about three feet long. And basically, it's used for personal defense. It's a striking instrument. Uh, Bart talked about those a little bit. I have one of those sitting right next to my bed. That's something, if I get surprised in the middle of the night, I can get up and grab that. And I have it in a matter of a quarter of a second. And I know how to use that. If you've ever seen uh, pugil stick training uh, from the military, you can see how that's how that's used and how effective it can be. It, it's incredibly effective, uh, even from a fairly weak person. Use something simple like a jab to the face, a jab to the eyes, the nose, and you can just create a lot of damage. 
and uh, repel an invader that way. But I think that just about covers it there. Uh, I may have missed some. If I missed some, you can send me an email at skipcoriel at hotmail.com, and we'll cover it next week. But, hey, this is uh, that's what we have. Now, let's go ahead and let's compare, say, the pepper spray, the stun guns with an actual firearm. So we're comparing lethal to non-lethal. What are the pros and cons of each? Now, for me personally, I'm not sold on non-lethal. I mean, I thought Bart did a great job explaining everything, but I'm going to trust my life to a firearm because I know that will work for me. I know that will stop the threat. I know it'll stop a uh, guy on methamphetamines. I know that will stop a guy uh, who's mentally insane, uh, someone severely angry. They can fight through pepper spray sometimes. They can fight through a taser sometimes, but they're not going to fight through um, five nine-millimeter hits to the upper chest region. Uh, Now, are there potential downsides to lethal force? Yes, there are. If you make a, a bad call, say you shoot and kill someone, and the district attorney says, hey, I don't think you should have shot this guy. Yeah, you got you got problems. That's why you need the best legal protection that you can get. But you just need to have good judgment, good sound training, and the likelihood of that happening to you aren't as great. Now, for someone who is on the fence about using lethal force, man, I would say it's better to have pepper gel than nothing. It's better to have pepper spray than nothing. It's better to have a taser than nothing. You know, better than a kick in the butt with a frozen boot, right? At least it gives you a weapon, some type of weapon to fight back with. I run across this all the time with my students. They are very, very hesitant to use lethal force. Why? Well, there's a myriad of reasons why. One, they're scared to death of the legal system. They don't want to go to jail. They don't want to go to prison. Um, They don't want to spend six figures on legal defense. And those are all real, valid concerns. Something you can prepare for and make it through okay, but you do have to prepare, and it does take it to the next level. Uh, Other reasons are uh, moral, ethical. Some people just can't get past the concept of taking another human life, even if that life is uh, a human scumbag who may have killed, raped, robbed, caused other forms of mayhem to the human race. I don't have that kind of a problem. I've worked through it. But I understand why it might take a lot of time for some people to work through that. They're, they're good, soft-hearted individuals, and I will not judge those people. For those people, I highly recommend pepper spray, pepper gel, tasers, uh, the, the JPX um, tools, the JPX non-lethal tools that Bart was talking about. So that is my take on it. I prefer lethal use of force with a person who is well-trained, who has good sound judgment, and who has good legal protection. That's optimum because that is the tool that can protect you in most situations. Again, the non-lethal Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. 
Uh, I believe uh, Bart said it's about 75% effective. That is effective in 75% of the cases. So that's my take on it. If you have a different take, please, by all means, um, email me at skipcoriel at 